really feel like I needed to be here this morning. I told Jen I was getting ready, was getting ready to go to church, and we couldn't find the keys. And I think we looked for what? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And come, they were hanging. I don't know how they got there, but I didn't put them there. Jen, as far as I had the keys, but I didn't put them there anyway. It was good. But I told Jen, she said I missed a really good service, and I was looking on Facebook trying to get it on the way to the, but, but uh, I'm glad I could make it tonight. So anyway, I'm excited for the word. We'll just uh, let's dig in, get ready for a. Uh, Praise and worship and just open your heart to receive tonight and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here tonight, Father. We thank you. We thank you for the love. We thank you for the glory. We thank you for Father, we just honor you and glorify you tonight. And we just pray that you have your way tonight, Father. We pray that you touch the hearts. Anyone that has any needs, Father, we just pray that they're met tonight, Father. We pray for the ones that aren't here for any needs that they need, Father. And we just pray for the Holy Spirit tonight, Father. Just have your way. This is your house. We're here to serve you, Father, and we give you all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I shared this morning, as those of you, I guess all of you were here this morning, but I shared this morning personal experience and kind of part of the life story, at least mine and my life's adventure. And I wrote this song for her. It's been better than 10 years ago. And it kind of tells where we started at. Where it all took place. Our origination, you'd say. I was actually back years ago we we'd go to town and all the teenagers and I guess some more than teens would line up on Main Street and we'd just drive and just honk at each other and wave one I believe it was a Friday night we were doing that and you know guys would get in the car and they'd go cruising and waving and honking and all this but it used to be a place there called Daniel's Drive-In how many of you remember that Daniel's Drive-In and I just happened, I just happened to look over, and there was a, I think it was a 72 Ford, blue Ford pickup sitting there, and there was two girls in it. And something just grabbed me. I turned around and went back. Well, silly as I was in the day, I mean, I was only 17 years old. I go up and the driver didn't seem to want to talk to me very much. That driver's here tonight, by the way, she's sitting on the back row. So I just bail over and back to the pickup. Buddy, the ride is on. Because she takes off and I believe doing everything she possibly can to try to throw me out of the back of the pickup. And that was the first encounter. As you can tell, we kind of, I guess we adhered to one another. And we're here tonight in this song. I don't know, it doesn't matter when I sing it. It goes into the future and it keeps going into the future. And God gave me this song. And I told you this morning, the title of it is, The Place Where We Were Going Is The Place Where We Are.
Bruno. carry on with our Sunday night discussion. I think the battery's going down on that or something. It's going full. Or my ears messed up. We may have not been holding it right, right Brother Jim. Oh. My ears messed up. I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> been a long time. Yeah. Bible says a lot about days and latter days and times and we're always living in a time uh, most often when the Bible speaks of or a term time shows up uh, it's, it's talking about it can be a specific moment but most often it's talking about an age a span of years uh, biblically, most most often when we see time, it's literally talking about a span of 30 years. But there's no confinements in to the parameters of a frame of time. It's literally a, a term used. But there's some interesting scriptures in Ephesians, and uh, I'm inspired to uh, to discuss on this tonight. And again, this is open forum. Please, if you if you have a comment or a question, just keep it kind of tidy and in time and uh, We'll be glad to respond. But looking around, and uh, you've been in here any length of time at all. How many, how many times a day do we say time? What time is it? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it's amazing if, if we could just count it. But if you've been here any time, then you know that a lot of discussion lately has been about uh, recent occurrences and the issue with our present society and such. Uh, many comments made about we feel and sense that this, and we're always approaching the end times, but it's like we're living in the end times now because signs are lining up and biblical prophecies are are set. And uh, But here in, in the book of Ephesians, we're back at chapter 5. Actually, I commented somehow this this morning, not on the same subject, but uh, if you want to turn there, Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to give you the reference, but I want to go backwards. Just move to go backwards. Instead of starting at the first of the verses, start at the end and go backwards to an extent. And that's what we're going to do tonight. And uh, I uh, advised Brother Tanner earlier what the subject discussion was going to be on tonight. Uh, but looking at um, verse 15. And I want to just look at the last four words of that verse. My Bible says the days are evil. The days are evil. Uh, days is much like time. Uh, in the scriptures, days are expanse of time. They're, again, they're a period. They could be a generation. Uh, so when the Bible here speaks of days, it's not just talking about Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and then that's it. That's not it at all. What it's talking about is an observation. That's what's taking place here is a spiritual observation of the atmosphere, of the days, of the time that is being lived in. Now, interesting enough, as I've commented a lot of times around here on the Bible, this, this part of the Bible was written probably somewhere around uh, A.D. 60 to 70 after Christ died, was, re was resurrected, and right. ascended. Uh, and as, as most of the New Testament is, either that time period or later. Uh, but here it, it, in saying, in reading this last portion of Scripture, uh, the days are evil. This particular word evil, that's the very last word before the period in the Scripture. Evil. What are we talking about? This particular term is used not extensively, but pretty commonly in the word. Now, 
evil is like a lot of other words in, in the Bible. It means different things at different times. Sometimes evil just means bad. Sometimes it's worse by degree. This particular word right here, evil, is associated with Satan. See, evil is, is a, a, an atmosphere, at least biblically in this verse, is an atmosphere of what basically people are doing, what they're active in, it's what they're talking about, it's what their behavior is. It's all associated. But it's interesting because a particular uh, Greek word here uh, alights it to uh, malignancy. And another name for Satan is actually the malignant one because he spreads malignancy of what? What does he spread in the atmosphere? Evil. What does, what does malignant mean? We've heard of malignant cancer. It's a terrible term to have to deal with. Amen. Deadly. Deadly. Well, this is kind of this is a deadly evil. It's a it's an evil that's injected by the prince of malignity into the society, the, the societal atmosphere of the globe. So that's why I was inspired to start backwards, because we need to understand what evil is. And what it says is the days are evil. The time period is evil. The time period is, has had an influx or an insertion of malignity and immorality and wickedness and, and all sorts of abominations and iniquity by none other than the prince of all that. So in understanding this evil, the scriptures give us words of caution working backwards. When we understand evil and who the proprietor of evil is, who the merchant of evil is, who the sower of evil is, and we have to understand along with that what his grand scheme is, is to do what? What's his scheme? To spread evil. To steal, kill, and destroy, right? Amen. To spread evil, to sow, uh, to insert, to, to cause people to, through temptations, to divulge in immorality and and all sorts of things. And, and this descriptive term here, that's what it's doing. It's describing the day then and the days moving forward until the, actually the present day we're living in mm -hmm. and beyond. See, it's a time frame that's not pinned up with some kind of clock on the wall where you can designate, okay, it starts here and it ends here because there's really no end until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. That's right. Praise God. So we're in the days of evil. Any comments on the part before moving? Yeah, I want to just say that you know when it says when we're talking about the days being evil and that's kind of a contradiction to what we're hearing today from the secular world the secular world would tell us that we are living in the best days that we've ever lived in as far as the spread of knowledge and then as far as the things that are happening um, on different different avenues they're, they're not it's not so much uh, that people are looking at the days that they're living in as being evil and that's why it's so important to pay attention to the scripture Scripture is calling us to that. The Scripture, and, and I'm reading in between the lines here a little bit, don't be deceived how good it seems. Right. Don't, don't, don't be deceived uh, that we have all these, and this is one of the reasons they say it's so good, that there's all this ability to make money, and there's all these, uh, what we call them, great things going on. Um, uh, there's, uh, you know, they, they're talking about um, this type of equality across the board that's supposed to be great. And see, the Bible, though, is very specific about how it defines that. And, and so, and, and we're going to, and I'm generalizing it here because when it says that the days are evil, that's a call for me. That's like a red flag that says, regardless of what I, I think, I need to recognize that the days that I'm living in right now are, it's like there should be sirens going off, like an alert. Hey, wake up. Something's, something's not right here. We're, we're living in bad days. We're living in evil days. We're living in days that are easy to get tripped up in, easy to get vacuumed up in. And so, uh, when I when I read this, I look at this almost like a warning. Don't it is be, a warning. Don't, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. On, and, and I'm not trying to tell you that your your life can still be good and think God's still doing great things. But there's there's a time when, and it's so easy in in our society to fall asleep. It's just it's just flat easy to fall asleep in this society. And I, I say that as somebody who's guilty of napping. Did I say that correctly. Yeah. 
Slumbering. someone who's guilty of napping. Slumbering. Slumbering, yeah, okay. And, and so I, I recognize how simple that is in our society because our society does make it easy. It, it makes it easy to get comfortable. It makes it easy to be deceived and to not pay attention to stuff like this. People read this stuff and they say, dates are evil, are you kidding me? Now this is some of the best times we've ever lived in. We have got to wake up, we really do. Good point. Um, he mentioned, I believe you mentioned, deceiving or deception, and I've mentioned it a couple of times. It's still Satan's most useful tool. The agent of all evil, being he himself, has used this instrument for generations. Just deceive them, lull them into thinking it's okay, and you got them. You mentioned the quality. That's out of the bowels of hell, folks. Yep. But they try to make you think, well, everybody needs to be equal. You need to treat everybody nice and equal. I'm not saying you don't. But they twist it. And they try to force us to accept outright abominations and sin. Yep. See, that, that's the mastery. That's why we got to be, and we're going to get these other scriptures in sure. a minute. Yep. If we don't understand, first of all, who our enemy is, and we don't understand how he operates, then we're not going to effectively be able to battle him. That's right. And if we just let it go, and we're not perfect, you know, the Bible tells us there's, there's one, one thing that we're given in Scripture to hate, and that's Satan. Mm -hmm. And evil. Same thing. Right. It's in the same box. Yeah. Satan, evil, Absolutely. evil, Satan. They're in the same box. Um, but deception, especially uh, speaking to young people tonight, uh, everything that's presented to you, and Brother Tanner said it well, but everything that is presented to you as good, don't take it as good. Mm -hmm. right. Evaluate it. Always evaluate always, always. That's what's gotten many people into big, big trouble because they don't evaluate. They simply do because they're probably following someone else or they don't want to be recognized as an outcast or a weirdo or a little Christian. Uh, you know, evaluate what it is that's coming your way and what other people are offering you. Uh, because even though... It's, it's people, and you sometimes we ask, well, how can people be so harmful? Well, I'll say it again. Satan uses people as instruments of his scheme. Yep. He always has, and he always will. Don't think he won't. Now, we're to pray for everybody's soul and for salvation, but that doesn't mean we've got to follow the goose off the cliff. <laughs> because that's exactly what he's wanting to destroy. He wants to destroy you, and he'll use any means possible to get to. He wants to uproot every Christian out of every church and cause him to go a different direction. He wants to sow whatever it is he can do. He's a master manipulator. He's a he's a strategic man. I'm telling you what. I, I, I try not to give him any credit, but right. we've got to be realistic. Yeah. We've got to understand, and that's what these scriptures are laying out. When it says evil, it's talking about the mastery of evil. It's talked about blueprinted stuff, Articula careful articulation by observing the human race for thousands of years. That's what he's talking about. And he begins to create this and bring this stuff about upon the human race, upon Christians alike. Don't ever thank you that you're immune because you're a Christian, because you're the biggest target. Because yeah. uh, you are you know, you can be his greatest problem if, if you're really close to God and, and serve the Lord and all that. But uh, here again, when time moving on let's continue and uh, anybody please if you've got a comment or a question because I want you to understand this um, continuing on because I want you to catch that word because the days are evil we're backing up again because the days are evil that's a link that's talking about it, it, it's causatory there's a, there's a cause involved here the days are evil, so we need to be doing something because we're required. We're, we're, we're given, you said it well, warning. We're warned here, so on the other hand, because this is going on, we need to be doing something. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to equip ourselves. Because we may be here tonight, and you may think you're the wisest person that ever lived, and you've got it whooped, and you're able to withstand anything, and nobody can trick you. I'll be the first one to tell you, you are sadly wrong. Yeah, that's true. And we know that because we've seen, sadly, some of the best in the ministry fall to temptation and suffer greatly for it. So never think that you're immune. 
These are words of warning in the day that this was written in the day that Paul was living. It's words of warning in the day that we're living. Mm -hmm. Evil is amongst us. Evil is everywhere. Trickery. You ever, you ever see, uh, what do they call people? That, it's magicians, but they're quick with their hands. Masters of deception. Slide of hand. They can make it look like one thing. they slide of hand. And, and trick you to know, well, hey, they're just people. I'm going to tell you, the one we're talking about is way beyond that. Again, no credit, realism. Mm -hmm. So th these, th these, this, these scriptures are kind of in a way hidden in the middle of other things. You notice that? Yeah. All of a sudden, this bounces out. This little section right here bounces out as warnings. Because the days are evil, redeem the time. Because the days are evil, redeem the time. What does that mean? We got days and we got time, don't we? Amen. What's that? What's what's redeemed? My Bible says, "Make the most of time." Biblically, it means buy the whole thing. Right. Buy the whole thing. What are we buying? Take it back. Time. Time. Take it back. Jesus redeemed us, didn't he? He took it all back from who? Who had us before Jesus came? The one I've been talking about. He redeemed us. A little bit different term here, but if we consider the latter that we've just discussed, the days are evil and there's a cause here and we need to be doing something about it. Look what it gives us to do. What about it with? By redeeming the time. Time being literally not a span, not a moment on the clock. Every opportunity. Right. Capture it. Make the best of it. You know, th this is a huge area of discussion. Yeah, it is. Man, you talk about wasters of time. Humans are terrible at it. And, and here we're being called to consider every opportunity that, that we're presented with, every second of every day, make it count, make it worthwhile, because everything going on around you is a serious thing. The most serious. It's deadly serious. It's soul deadly serious. There are people going to hell every second that die because this is happening. They're caught up in it. They're mixed up in it. They're affected by it. They're victims of it. It's essential that every opportunity that we're allowed, we grab a hold of it and we seize it and we take advantage of it. Back to you. And time is a sensitive subject too because everybody is, I would say that's probably one of the, the topics that people are the most argumentative about because the moment we, you know, we start talking about time, we get very defensive about that, you know, because I think the reality is is that everybody is maxed out on their time. I mean, I, and, and, and really as far as responsibilities and things that you're doing, we look at our schedules and we're just like, well, I've got, I've got too many things on my plate, or at least we'd like to believe that we do. And so when we start talking about time and, and really the biblical perspective, too, of, of redeeming the time and taking that back, that I've always come across not only within myself, but others also um, being quite defensive about talking about taking back the time. Because the first thing that we do is we defend. We defend because, first of all, it's your time. Mm -hmm. It's your time. But you see, when the Bible speaks about it, it's speaking about it on a personal level. It's speaking about you doing it. You take your time back. You get it back for yourself. I can't make you get your time back. I can't take sure. your time back for you. You have to decide to take your time back. And so when we're, we're, we're talking about uh, redeeming the time and buying it back or taking the whole thing, that's, um, that's, um, that gets sensitive because we don't want anybody meddling and telling us how to spend our time. Well, I mean, there's, there's so many different ways to look at this, and, I, and I'm, I'm careful about which directions I go with this. But when the Bible says it, not, not me, and not, mm -hmm. not Pastor, not, not us sitting up here saying, hey, you guys need to get your, you guys need to reevaluate your time. You're not spending your time right. You know, you, you may take it personally. You say, well, I'm busy. I've got things going on. I've got too many things going on. I think that is a unanimous answer for everybody. We've got too many things going on. But therein lies the problem. I think that's what we're trying to buy it back from. I think that that in itself is actually a thing that has robbed us from the very beginning. That we have this idea that we're supposed to be so busy that we don't have any time anymore. For some reason, I don't know how it happened, and there's no signs up saying it's this way, 
But there's like this unspoken rule. I don't know who made it. I don't know where it come from. It's an unspoken rule that if your schedule is not packed, somebody may think you're lazy. It's an unspoken rule. I haven't seen it written down anywhere. I feel it. I feel it. It's like you almost feel like if somebody calls you and they ask what you're doing, you try to conjure something up. I'm, I'm uh, cleaning out my closet, or I'm, I'm doing this over here. God forbid you tell them you was resting, or you was meditating, or you was spending some time with the Lord. That's usually not the answers that I hear. It's, there's always something going on. I've made those things up before. I'm like, I'm busy. I've got things going on. The truth is, I'm so exhausted from doing everything else that I really don't want to tell you that I've worked myself into the ground and I'm having to rest because y'all are busy and I don't want to look like I'm slacking on this time thing. But see, I think there's something deeper going on here in this scripture. When I think there's, especially in Western culture, there's something deeper going on here. And I think the very thing that we try to defend is the very thing we've got to buy it back from. It's the very thing we got to take back from. Absolutely. Um, there's an assertion in this particular word, redeeming. The time is, it's not so much speaking quantity, but make your time quality. Yeah, that's good. Quality time. It's different than quantity. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality time is you're making the best of it. You're, you're taking everything into consideration and applying it. And, and Brother Tanner, what, along with what he was saying is, is this isn't telling us to wear ourselves out. Right. No. We'll keep backing up the scriptures, and you're going to see more here in a minute that will kind of give you a little better explanation of where this, what, what it's talking about. Um, but the uh, redeeming comment, or the redeeming word in the scripture, is um, something that I, I believe that we need to really grasp and get a hold of and get a full understanding of it. What are we doing with our time? Good question. Is our time quality time? Or is it just time? Mm-hmm. You ever call anybody and they did so I'm just laying around? <laughs> you know, I'll be, I'll be an advocate, kind of. Yeah, I get you. Well, you know, I think I mentioned a while back, one of the sins of Sodom was idleness of time, mm-hmm. laziness. But there again, there's a medium because we don't want to burn ourselves out. You ever hear of burning both ends of the candles and it's about to meet in the middle? Mm-hmm. This this society so wore out. Yes. Because they're in high speed gear and they're having to try to accomplish and achieve everything that they can't even achieve, and they can't even do God service anymore because they're so caught up with all that. That's it. So the, it's quality. It's make your time quality time. It might not be five minutes, but make it quality time. Uh, it's not so much in the aspect of it's got to be 15 hours, 15 minutes of quality time. We'll far supersede 15 hours of doing nothing. Amen. That's right. So a lot of things, as he brought out, is it's, this goes a lot of different directions. Yes, it does. This particular set of scriptures here. Continuing to back up, because the, the time is moving on. <laughs> Continuing to back up, we're going backwards here, into verse 15. I'm going to read, start now with the first. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And then he goes into the part we've already discussed. He gives us the ability and the advice and the admonition. Okay, here's what we're supposed to do. What in the world is walking circumspectly? What's walking? It ain't talking about on your two legs making motions. Right. You're talking about behavior your lifestyle, what you do, where you go, what you say, how you act, activity. There's activity in the demonic realm, I can assure you, that is dastardly. Yes. Our activity needs to be the opposite of that and godly. And that the church world today, folks, is absolutely confused on godliness because they've assigned to themselves the attitude of the world and welcome the world in and let the world dictate to the church how the church is supposed to act, behave, talk, dress, and everything else. Yeah. But we got problems. Yes. We got problems. Uh, that's a whole other area of discussion, but it all laces into this great big picture of the evils of the time. Okay. 
walking circumspectly and actually taking notice of, be observant of what? First of all, yourself. How am I acting? How am I talking? How am I living? How am I representing God? Circumspectly, make a circle around yourself. Observing who's in the middle. Start with you before you start with someone else. Cautiously. Mm -hmm. Air of caution. Circumspectly means examine with caution. Right. Inspect. You ever heard the word inspect? Circumspectly comes off the same Latin term, Greek term. Circumspectly. Self-inspection. Word says examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. It's very essential. Very essential that Christians get this. Mm-hmm. Because this don't only affect us. We affect a whole lot more people than we think we do. Yep. And that's society's problem. They've watched and they see and the behavior that they see in a lot of areas is not only disappointing, but it's it's reject causes rejection of Christ because it's not good representation. If that's the way, they're no different than the world I'm living in. Why do I want to go be a part of somebody that acts like the world acts? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a standard. Yes. And we've got to be willing to examine ourselves and to inspect ourselves and be very cautious in doing so and be willing and and, and uh, steadfast in being our own best critics. <clears throat> yes. Our own best critics. Pastor. Sony, come to you a second. Who? Oh, yeah. no, like here, here recently, like um, this, I don't know if this is on, on a subject or not, but here recently, like the one thing that he's been working on me with is like, uh, let so much turmoil take place inside my heart that, you know, a, a bad word will come out. I'm like instantly, Lord, forgive me for the bad word. And he said, it's not the bad word that you need to forgive us for. It's like what led up to that. You know, it's like what's going on inside your heart. Something causes it. Something causes that. So now my focus is on the, the calling, you know, back inside me. You know, that's what, that's what. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that's that's being representative of, of the, yeah. this prior yeah. discussion here. You, you yeah. got to examine yeah. yourself, yeah. and and if you slip, you got to you got to inspect that. Yeah. Right now, slip? not next week, not next month. Yeah. Right now, because that yeah. you know nip it in the bud, Barney mm-hmm. Five. That's the best way. <laughs> yeah. I'm not calling you Barney. Yeah. Keep it wrong. We've all heard it. We've all watched it. You're Stony, not Barney. Anyway, good point. That's good. Yeah. I just wanted to share what the Amplified says. It says, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and the witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Thought worthily and uh, accurately. Yeah. What's accurately? Accurate, that's good. We've got to have a target before we can be accurate. That's right. What's the target? That's good. That's the target. That's that's our gauge. That's our, that's our, our focus. What we're directed to. Thank you. That was good. Great. Anybody else? The way we walk in a way we walk in it is the duty of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. That, that's our duty to walk yes. in that. We're obligated to. Uh, it, that's an obligation. And uh, then it's the believer's walk. If you believe it, then you're going to walk it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Uh, let me back up here and, and you know what we've done here for quite a while now these Sunday night sessions uh, I believe the Lord gave me a a, uh, little abbreviated title for this and it's simply raw 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 application of the word Mm -hmm. I don't know how many have sessions like this where you can comment and you can Mm -hmm. inject and you can Right. We can really get raw with the word because I'm going to tell you, God's word's got some really raw topics in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, some graphic stuff, and the church has shied away from it for years because they don't want to discuss it. Yeah. Well, what in the world, if you can't get proper instruction and training, what in the world are people going to do? They're like blind geese again, wandering around, not knowing what. See, we've got to get down to the basics and really get raw with the word. And sometimes, I've said it many times. Sometimes it scratches us, sometimes it cuts us, sometimes it digs us real good, sometimes it stomps our toes to pieces, and a whole lot of other things. But if we're willing to be rebuked, 
and admonished. Mm-hmm. If God loves us, what does he do? He's going to correct us. He's going to correct us. Does he come down and sit on the throne and point his finger and tell you? Who does he use? Teachers? Each other? You can be advisors of one another. You can take this word and you can apply it lovingly, right? There's nothing wrong with approaching somebody properly that's really got an issue. And, and I don't know, I guess some people is absolutely blind to what they're doing. And I'm talking of a not so good sense. And and they never take care of it and, and they can be a bad influence. There's nothing wrong with, with lovingly and courteously and appropriately and accurately approaching that person say, hey, can I talk to you a little bit? Start, I love you. I love you, but let's talk about something. And I think that's another thing that we just fail to do anymore. We let somebody go on off the cliff. And, uh, oh, my goodness, look what so-and-so did. Well, you've seen them do it for 15 years, and then all of a sudden it's causing a huge problem. Again, I know that's that's a lot of room for discussion, but um, anybody else? Let me say something. Yeah, go ahead. On uh, considering the opportunity that we have, too, and I'll, and I'll make this quick. Um, some of the best sessions that we've ever had in here don't come strictly from here. They come from the questions that are asked out here, and they come from the input that comes from out Absolutely. here. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, engaging and we want you guys to, to ask questions and, and some bring up uh, bring up some, some different things that God's inspired you with, hey, I encourage you guys to, to do it, please, because that's exactly what enriches the, the opportunity that we have. When it's just pastor talking or when it's just me talking, we're back to original format again. Take, take advantage of the opportunity that you guys have to, uh, to have an open forum. And if you, if you legitimately have a question, ask it. And I think there's one thing that we got to get past is we got to get past the fear of asking questions and get past the, this idea that we're too afraid to ask a question because we all kind of assume that everybody's supposed to know everything. And I'm afraid to ask a stupid question. Listen, I ask questions. I'm going to tell you, I ask more questions than anybody in here. I ask questions constantly. And I'm constantly looking for information. I'm an information. I just like information. I just like it. And I, I, I want to tell you that. I want to encourage you to, to do that because that's what makes this stuff good. We may not get off maybe two scriptures because we get tracked into the conversation. That's rich. That's fantastic. Please do that. So just saying that with you. Absolutely. I agree. That's... I hope you leave here helped. We all leave here better than we came. Uh, knowledge. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. Knowledge. And, uh, but anyway, uh, completing uh, scripture verse uh, 15. See then as you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Amen. Total opposites. Yeah. I'm going to say this. The Bible uses the term. It's not like I'm slinging some kind of wild profanity when I say it. Fools. Mm-hmm. There are fools everywhere. Yeah. The Bible speaks of it over and over and over again. You can be a fool or you can be wise. We all have the ability to make that decision what we're going to be. And when we're rooted and grounded in the faith and in the Word of God, again, as our target, as our instrument of advice, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, uh, using that to effectively circumspect ourselves, look at ourselves, adjust ourselves. If we can't do it, then ask God to help us do it. Uh, He's a great deliverer uh, of issues. I've seen it too many times. Not to know any different. God will deliver us if we ask him to. Uh, in closing few minutes, we're almost there. Has anybody else got a comment? Just, just want to comment on the, the time issue because I, I used to deal with the, the time and since which I mean you know you know as well as I do since I've you know been on the fire department, especially down in Victory, I hear I hear a lot of people talking about, man, I wish I had more time. Man, I wish I had a did my time better with this person or spent more time I've heard people I mean I've actually been I've got to pray with a couple of people just from wearing t-shirts and they asked asked me to pray for the family of somebody that 
was on the deathbed through hospice, you know. So the Lord's really been dealing with me because I've seen, you know, that's what I've been telling little just you need to you need to take your time seriously because it's if you don't see what we see, then you don't really understand right how precious the time is. Yeah. Exactly. And and it's not guaranteed, but but yeah, he's really been dealing with me on on the, the time, you know, it's just being more serious with my time and right, you know. With him, time because you don't know how much time you have. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, along with that and some things Tanner said, uh, we need to quit beating around the bush when you're talking to people. Let them know, hey, our concern is the welfare of your soul. You can be drawn off in some conversations that you don't get anywhere. But if you can lay it down, hey, I'm not criticizing you, I care about you. I'm just want the welfare of your soul. I'd like to invite you to find, come find Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm reminded in closing of, a, of an account, and, and uh, years ago I heard Jimmy Swagger uh, telling this. He was a young minister and uh, started in the ministry, and uh, there was a young man in the church that come down with a, a terminal disease, and uh, the young man's mother asked, Jimmy one day said, would you please come? And I'm going to use the term Jimmy. I don't know. The, I don't remember the young man's name. Said, would you come by and visit my son? Because he's really bad. And said, he doesn't know the Lord. Well, Jimmy's telling this himself. And he says, you know, we took off and a bunch of young friends went running around. Said three or four or five days later. Said, I thought, well, I'll go check on Jimmy. Said, I'll get in the car and I drive down there and pull up in the yard. And said, his mom comes to the door and he said, I bounce up on the porch and say, Mrs. Whatever her name was, I'm here to see Jimmy. And said, with tears in her eyes, she looks at him and she says, Jimmy, he passed away yesterday. When time is gone, it's gone. Uh -huh. It's gone. You can't call it back. But we can sure redeem it. They couldn't do it. The scripture wouldn't give us the directions. That's right. We can redeem it. Sorry. The story reminded me sometimes someone, a friend that I worked with, was going through troubles, trying to straighten his life up, looking at divorce and all that. And he had asked me at work, "Do you think you could come over and pray with me tonight?" And this was many, many years ago. And I got Pastor Dwayne Nance just lived a block or two from me, and I said. Can you go with me to Calera and pray with this young man? He said, "Yeah, let's go." Jumped in and we left. But the whole the whole day, I was trying to think of well, every excuse in, that possibly could hit me was mm -hmm. you don't have time to do this. You got too much going on. That was this was twenty five years ago. All right. You got too much going on. You don't have time to do this. And me and Dwayne Nance pulled up in the guy's yard. I knocked on his door. He come out. And I think he was carrying a pistol and a bottle of whiskey, if I remember right. And he said, I'm glad y'all showed up, he said, because as soon as I finished this bottle of whiskey, I was going to shoot myself. Wow. Mm -hmm. We use the time that we have wisely. And, and I'll never forget that because that was weighing on me. I mean, that he, he was, he needed me. And I very easily could have said, I ain't got time to mess with you. Mm -hmm. you know, just, you're, you're just an old drunk. I ain't messing with you. Get off the bottle and take care of this yourself. Mm -hmm. To this day, he, he's doing good. And the last I heard and seen him, he was actually preaching the word. Praise God. But because because at that point in my life, I did redeem the time. But the enemy tried everything there was to get me to not do that. Yeah, he'll give you all the excuses. All right. So it is. Thank you all for your adherence and your attention. Uh, we'll continue these as the Lord directs, and of course, you know it's a different subject every every opportunity that we have. So let's be praying for Brother Stan. He's Tuesday is he's having surgery, or what's going on this time? Oh. Doing the surgery on the other okay. Yet. All right. Let's bring Brother Stan. 
pray for him. Please pray, keep praying for your wife. We've got some doctor's appointments this week and next week, so remember her. Pray for Linda. Linda? She hasn't been feeling good all day long. Okay. This is a thing that's been going on for a while. So. All right. Pray for her. That's from old surgery that she had. It mm -hmm. didn't work. Got it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another thing I would like to testify about, about what I went through the last three months. I was uh, I was hurting up in my shoulder and neck, and I went to the doctor, and they, they said, "Well, you got a you got a full muscle or a torn muscle." Well, right after that, I fell out the front door on the concrete porch, and I messed up both of my shoulders. And I went to the doctor, and it still hurt in my neck. Mm -hmm. And I was. I would say, well, it's a nerve, you know, because it wasn't, my shoulders wasn't hurt, I hadn't fell or nothing, and I thought it was a, a nerve going up in there, and I still think it was, but that's beside the point. Went to four doctors, and they all told me the same thing. You got a, you got a real bad shoulder tore. And I didn't have the shoulder tore, though, but it, was, it worked, it was, it was hurting a month and a half before I ever fell. But it's the medicine they gave me that caused me to fall. I found out that uh, I tripped going out the door and I fell on a concrete porch. And I fell like that. And I, I hit my head and I hit my nose. I had that big cap on that I wore in the wintertime. I had that around there. I busted my head open. But anyway, I went to this last doctor in Oklahoma City and he said, said uh, well, said you got a toe shoulder. And said, I can see this here where you're saying you're hurting and it's probably from your shoulder. I said, well, it was hurting before I tore my shoulder up. He said, well, it, it's hurting because of your shoulder now. He said, but, uh, uh, he said it's not going to get well no no day or two. You're going to have to wait about three months. Said, You're not going to be able to do anything, pull on anything, lift anything, or nothing for, for three months. So I said, well, I've done been. That was four doctors told me the same thing before I fell and after I fell both. Mm -hmm. So I left that and I said, all right. I said, I went to four doctors, God, and I said, I'm not going to another one. I said, I know you're the healer and you can heal it. And you know, I haven't hurt since I come home. Praise God. Awesome. Praise the Lord, no pain. And I've been outside yesterday. I worked out there nearly all evening. Awesome. And I still feel good. Praise the Lord. Amen. And God Amen. is on the throne. He's still there. See Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. Y'all stand will be dismissed. Perfect Cam to and Milton. They've been yeah. getting attacked quite a bit this last week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, checked on a little earlier and she's home, but she's needs prayer. Okay. Milton. All right. Let's do so in our dismissal prayer tonight. Brother Sean, you want to lead us in that? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for everything you do for us, Father. We lift up our congregation to you tonight. We lift up Pastor and Sister Judy. We proclaim your healing victory over every aspect of their lives and proclaim a hedge of protection around them mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, Lord. We pray that you be with Brother Stan and that you help him with everything that he's dealing with, yes, Father. And we proclaim your healing anointing over that and that you work in everything going on with that situation. We lift up Sister Linda, Lord, and we pray for your healing over her body, Lord. We pray for healing over the situations and the things that she's dealing with. We, we pray for uh, Brother Milton and Sister Cam. And we bind up every work that the enemy's doing in their lives and every work that the enemy's trying to do in everyone in Rock Harbor Church, Father. We pray for your healing anointing to rain down on each and every one of us. We pray that you, you help us with all situations, problems, and issues we're dealing with. And if it's something in our own lives that we need to rectify and get yes, out of the way Lord, so that yes, you can work properly, yes, please bring it to our attention. Yeah. Bring Praise it to my name. attention. Yes, Whoever's attention it is that need to be brought to, Lord, so things can get fixed, rectified, and so that you can work perfectly in the way that you want to work, Lord. We don't want to hinder your hand in any form or fashion in our church or in, our, in this body, Lord. And we pray that you... Your Holy Spirit teaches, uses us, and guide us in the directions we need to go so that we can line up perfectly with you and your will, Father. We thank you, Lord, for Rock Harbor. We thank you for the healings. We praise you for the healings. Yes, we thank praise you for everything you're doing thank with you, every member of this 
church, Lord, from the oldest to the youngest, Lord. And we proclaim and claim this church and everyone in this church, every mm -hmm. family member in this church is territory for the kingdom of God and that we yes. shine as lights and beacons in this world trying to save as many people as we can and give them the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.